Hello, and welcome to the Scheming Mind Palace podcast. I'm your host, Luca Ravelli, for this week's installment, episode six of this illustrious, perhaps eventually infamous podcast. Who knows? I have great plans for this, so we'll see if it gets as far as I hope it does. But last week we had uh, one of my good friends, Jack Doyle, or you know Lord Baltimore, coming over and talking about what he's done. But more importantly, the uh, the schemes that the two of us are devising together, both presently and in the near to far future. As such. I uh, I don't want this podcast to be, you know, too much like Joe Rogan, where every single episode is about an interview and an interview and an interview. I feel like it should be a mixture, and the people I do interview should be important. They should be people who I am personally tied to, and I personally know have grand ideas because either I'm... I'm uh, I consolidated on it. I'm involved somehow in the consulting, or I'm directly responsible and partnered with the individuals who I'm interviewing in terms of what we're devising. Because I uh, I looked at the etymology or the the definition of scheme, because I feel like there does tend to be a negative connotation with the word despite the fact that the very first definition is a large-scale systematic plan or arrangement for attaining some particular object or putting a particular idea into effect, which is what I would like to think whenever I think of scheming, even though I, I can't help but also snicker at the fact that the, uh, the verb conjugation form is to make plans especially in a devious way or with intent to do something illegal or wrong because I feel like sometimes you do kind of need to do that in a little bit in a sense after all not everything that is illegal is necessarily wrong at the time so many things that today we find to be completely disgusting and immoral are completely legal and the individuals who can do those things do so under the full intent or knowing full well that there is nothing that they can be prosecuted against because they are upholding the law despite the fact that they you know the law clearly is fucked up or outdated or something but going back to that sort of definition of scheming. I want to ask the question this week of what are the schemes? Because, you know, I can look up this sort of dictionary definition of what a scheme is, but I'm assuming people are also interested in my own definition because I'm not just going to decide and be like, yep, that's the one that's it. The one that was decided upon is the final conclusion. No, I I decide 
based on my gut feeling. And my gut says that to scheme involves, I suppose, a bit of nefariousness, but more so a bit of underhandedness, a bit of secrecy in the attempt of achieving the goal you need. Like, most things that are schemed up aren't being put in front of a, a committee of people. You know, the city-wide commission isn't being involved in every little step of the way. No, this, a scheme is something that you've concocted and because you know that that's the best way to do it. Because you know that this is like your baby. This is not some, you know, chosen by committee decision. No, this is a thing that you feel personally passionate about. And if you're going to spend day in and day out sleeplessly toiling away at this amazing, you know, baby that you're creating, this brand, this scheme, <laughs> then you'd better hell be able to put your life behind it, be able to put your soul behind it. And how can you possibly do that unless it's, you know, truly yours? If it's what you believe other people might enjoy, then you're never going to have the same sort of motivation that you would if it is your own personal little scheme. So I feel like that's a... That's a little thing I would like everyone, a little exercise for all my listeners that you, that have gotten this far in the podcast. If you've been invested this far, getting up to episode six, then I would like for you to write down what is your personal scheme, not just your nine to five job or whatever it is that allows you to survive, but what is the the side hustle the activity that is helping you get to the next step and where you need to go because that is going to in the end determine how history will look back on you how other people will look back on you is through those areas that make you different that make you unique they're your schemes basically <laughs> and I mean in order to really figure out what it is you want to do <laughs> there is also another larger step that can be enacted if you really enacted if you really want to achieve that which you plan ahead for in your life you know i say go all the way personally i'm the kind of person that enjoys thinking about the questions that most people find kind of uncomfortable like for me I don't just, you know, even though I am of this Taoist philosophy, I don't just focus on just the now and doing this thing of, you know, painting objects in neon and making podcasts and whatever and just focusing on now, 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 now. I also have plans and, you know, organizations of just this year, the next year, five years ahead, 10 years ahead, 20, 30, 40 all the way up to 60 years in the future. I have a plan. My grand, crazy plan that I feel like would likely take me 50 to 60 years from now if I were to work as hard as I can 
at what I'm doing of making ecological products that help save the world, my final goal will be to lead an expedition to colonize Garbage Island. Because I don't know if you're all familiar with this, but basically we've accumulated so much trash and plastic in the ocean that it's basically created a island that's far larger than many continents such as Texas, I believe, like three times over by my last estimates, although maybe I'm wrong or maybe I'm even outdated, perhaps it's even larger now. <laughs> but the point is, I feel like some of the two largest problems facing our planet is A, accumulation of trash, and B, overpopulation. Overpopulation and too much trash could basically both be remedied by creating a new continent that exists out in the middle of the ocean. And I'm not entirely sure how this continent would function per se, but considering the incredible power of, let's say, the mycelial network of different mushrooms that can break down plastics and basically create new ecosystems, new forests off of trash, I don't see any reason why in the future we can't devise some way to basically be able to use these, you know, lost hydrocarbons and other elements and compounds that are currently in these weird uh, I forget exactly the, the, the term for them because obviously different plastics like the problem with plastic is that there's no just one chemical formula for like oh this is the formula for plastic no there are many many different types of plastics that have different combinations of different you know polyethanols and other sorts of complex arrangements of molecules that make it almost entirely difficult and impossible in certain ways to combine and just like oh we're just gonna melt them all down and make them into a plastic goop like no I'm sorry it doesn't quite work like that <laughs> but but who knows in the future it might actually be able to be that easy like maybe you'll be able to sort super easy or whatever but the point is it's gonna be difficult <laughs> This scheme is nearly impossible for me to be able to achieve. But because I have set forth, like, okay, in one year, I want to be done with, you know, or at least, like, done with the uh, the new, what is it, all, all the projects I have here and be officially a farmer record by year two, I plan on having this uh, skiing mine palace that we're basically creating out in uh, Weehawken, New Jersey, a uh, sort of like an art therapy center mixed with residential unit. Possibly have that building, even if it isn't functioning as an art therapy center yet, but have the overall structure done within two to three years. Then perhaps going and working for a little bit as a, you know, a more traditional architect as I finally finished my last hours and complete the last series of tests for me to eventually get my license within at least like four to five years. 
to be officially a licensed architect so that I can, you know, go off on my own, stamp my own drawings, and basically do what needs to be done to design a better world. And, yeah. So after that, there's still any more steps in terms of other goals in Tuscany, but I feel like those are better left for a later episode. Right now, I really wanted to focus more on the more immediate schemes within my own personal uh, wheelhouse because, you know, I can talk endlessly and endlessly about possible things or whatever, but in terms of physical here is what we are making now, I've got a couple of options. Obviously, last week you heard uh, Lord Baltimore talking about uh, our little puppet show that we're devising. That's definitely a, a pretty big scheme that we've pretty much completed. Now I'm just waiting for the concert itself to happen. And so, yeah, after that, I have uh, <laughs> this pretty fun sculpture of a, a pig on top of <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be too political now but basically Donald Trump's face on the bullseye as the antithesis of the pig <laughs> as, a, as a monument for a year of 2019 and the sculpture that I'm enacting currently does look still very much like a pig piggy bank sitting on a Donald Trump head. <laughs> but the eventual conclusion of it with this sort of communal art piece that I basically say, hey, you, you see this as a pig, no? What would you personally do to transition this pig into a rat, similar to the transition of the year of the pig into the year of the rat within the Chinese zodiac? And see where it goes from there. So far, we've had a couple of people say, oh, well, if he's going to be a rat, it's got to be Takeshi 6 9 <laughs> He is the most infamous rat of all time. He is the most meme-heavy rat in our decade. <laughs> so why not immortalize him within this sculpture-slash-painting piece by making him look like Takeshi 6 9 as much as possible. And that's just how we currently are, because obviously some people don't quite get it, and it's about different people layering on their own interpretations till it becomes eventually completely evident, and then they're like, oh, that's a rat. Like, that, those are that's a rat. And it's no longer, oh, that's a weird pig thing, kind of, similar to how... I had to say, you know, when people tend to transition between, like, male to female, there is a period of time where... You, you can tell pretty fucking easily, pretty easily that there's still a kind of that your, your original gender and, you know, you're on your way there. Like, don't don't rush. You know, you're going to get there. But there is definitely some uh, some periods where you still have to take those hormone pills and everything. And, you know, things aren't working perfectly yet. But eventually you'll get to the point where you're like, damn. Oh, wow. You are a smoking hot whatever you want it to be and there's no doubt about that and so that is exactly what I hope with this scheme but besides that 
I, uh, and I suppose the eyeglass place, which ironically I ran into this amazing, uh, firm or this company called, uh, what is it? Stick frame. They make, uh, these sort of led wood structures using sustainable local products that seem to basically fall in line with how I want to make these new eyeglassware uh, schemes of a symbiotic relationship between three different products that the waste of one product becomes the material of the next product and such that the only materials that come from outside of this loop are like waste like you know those plastic forks spoons knives and straws and so like basically it just continues in that sort of cyclic process uh, this will be interesting because you know obviously I have this idea I have you know, my schemes and my designs but I have no personal experience in product design or uh, advertising marketing production any of that sort of stuff and that's what these people are great at so I'm like oh wow these yes let's let us uh, let us connect let us connect I'm very excited about where that'll go and you know it just took going to a little meet up being like hey you you're cool let's let's chat <laughs> I feel like more people just need to do that they just need to say hi who are you what are you about let's uh figure out what kind of bond the two of us will share together like maybe our bond will only last a few seconds and I'll realize oh no this person's not at all interesting bye bye or maybe that individual is actually incredibly interesting and has a profession or other sort of career choice that actually is very uh, fits very well with what you're planning to do you can know until you talk so get on to talking my friends can't hurt well that was kind of a short one but I'm actually rushing off to a plane in exactly 20 minutes so <laughs> wish me the best of luck this has uh, been recorded ahead of time and I hope you guys enjoy this latest episode of the Skiing Mind Palace. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye-bye, everybody. Love you.